At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible. With a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to episode nine. Today, John Sr. and myself will be talking about how do you know it's time to ask for help and what does that look like? Like, what is the actual process? Who do you call? Ghostbusters. How do you do this? How do you walk this path? How do you get the ball rolling? And the short answer is it seems to be changing every few months, all kinds of things going on at Veterans Affairs Canada. And I apologize for everybody that's listening to this. There's listeners from numerous countries around the world, and we can only speak intelligently about as far as the the process and the resources as it pertains to Canada. That's that's all we got. So I do apologize for that for our international audience. But uh, that's that's what we got. So I think as long as the concept is there, Mark, the the concept is and I don't th- I don't think it really matters what the words are actually, you know, th- it's the process is gonna be the same. The small nuances are different. So we're this is a Canadian, so it's gonna be a Canadian version. Um if it's going to be in Germany or Great Britain or whatever, then just... Well, I mean, as far as uh, the Legion and, and VAC... Those and, kinds of things are like, going to be similar. Every country has has different resources and some have next to no resources. That's our, right. Our friends in Great Britain, they got uh, they got a rough go. There's not a lot of support there from everything that I yeah. hear. Things are, things are changing. So uh, let's start with... Yes. Um, how do you know it's time to reach out for help? There's indicators. There's always indicators, right? And it's uh, the, but when you remove all those other flags, when you remove everything else, it's on the inside. This is the exact same thing as like, I'm going to quit smoking. It's when you decide to make that move. When you decide, the admission's already happened in yourself. You're like, okay, I have to admit I have a problem. And it's not like alcoholism, okay? It's nothing like that. It's like I, I think it's the um, second guessing what the source of the problem. That's is. exactly that, it. That's like people are, like, yeah, but is this because of my service? Mm-hmm. And people say, well, I don't know if this is because of my service because all this other stuff happens. So you know, I don't want to reach right. out. I don't want to dip into the system and be a drain on the system. Right. Uh, it's like no, you're not being a drain. It's there for you. It's you're 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 entitled to that. You're entitled to that. Yes, and you need to know. I mean. So when you decide to say, I'm going to take control, like, like things are falling apart in my life. I think in the last episode we talked about, you know, the fine balancing act and stuff. Well, when things start falling apart and you can't put it back together, you can't hold your life together, you're not sleeping properly, you're not eating, you have diarrhea, you got headaches, you're spinning, you're nauseous. I mean, all these things are going on. Whatever, whatever particular series of blowouts with with your loved ones temper ten, exactly your temper is road flaring, rage road rage exactly okay? can't sleep for shit exactly i mean suicidal I mean, tendencies you have all those indicators right so when you've had enough of that and you've actually sat there and you'd like okay i think i have a problem i think i okay you know what i admit it i admit i have but the source of the problem i, I guess what what i want uh, people to really stick with is yeah. uh never mind what you think the source of the problem is because you right. don't fucking know that's right you're not you're a doctor there? you don't know well and your your doctor doesn't know it takes like a couple of years to figure out what the big ones are yeah uh it, it, <laughs> you don't know 
which ones, which, which events caused you the most harm. You don't know until you no. start digging around. So don't start trying to analyze uh, whether or not you deserve help. Do you have the symptoms? Are you road raging? Mm -hmm. Are you not sleeping at night? That's, that's one of the, one of the biggest Have ones. you thought about smashing other people's faces in on a regular basis? Yeah. Are you walking around throat chopping people in your mind? Are you, that's right. How many people have you killed in your mind on the bus or walking down the mall? Yeah. Are you hypervigilant? Is your back against the wall at a restaurant yeah. uh, with, with all the egress points already um, uh, sussed out? You know, yeah. or is there a certain type of person that, that sets you off, you know, mm -hmm. that, 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 uh, like I, on TV, if there's a Serber or a Croat on TV, it, it messes me up, man, mm -hmm. to this day, 25 years later. And I'm like, I don't like the feeling. I okay. Have. Okay. For me, kid crying, I have to leave. I don't care what's going on. If a baby starts crying, I am out of the room in 15 seconds flat. So what happens now? So what's the next step? Right? So now the indicators and the flags are all there. You've, you've confirmed in your own mind, I need to go get this checked out. So there's a couple of different routes. That's right. Um, the route that I took, and I didn't know which route to take. I, I was throwing darts. But um, I thought, well, there's supposed to be this Legion thing, and the Royal Canadian Legion is supposed to be there to help, so let's test that, shall we? Yeah. And I reached out to Northwest Command, um, and they got back to me, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. You know, mm -hmm, yeah. uh, like I reached out on a Friday, they got back to me on the Monday and made an appointment for the Wednesday and I was in there and they ended up cutting me a check out of the poppy fund, which is really embarrassing for me, but it shouldn't be like, that's, right. that's where I was at that point in my life. Right. And they saved my freaking bacon, but way more important than the check they cut from the poppy fund, um, to, to help me when I was in a total spin was they recognized the symptoms when I started saying things like, I can't hold a fucking job, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, Jesus. And that's a, and that creates this downward spiral. Cause when you get fired from a job, you feel worthless. That's right. And then yeah. you get another one and then it happens again. So you feel more worthless and then it happens again and you feel more worthless. And you're that's like, right. Oh, that downward spiral, oh, tailspin. Yeah. It's a bad tailspin. And after I went through my third or fourth job in two years, yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling like a piece of shit and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. But uh, they said, yeah, that's pretty classic, man. Like, that's why there's a veteran's food bank. Some yeah. people, they, they cannot keep a fucking job. That's and right. And so you get to the point where you're terrified to to even try to get a job because, you know, because that kick in the butts in, or that kick in the nuts, that's inevitable. Well, the only way to stop a rejection at that point in time with that mindset is like, okay, if I don't go get another job, I'm not going to get fired. Yeah, because <laughs> getting fired is a, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. Like the last one, I was with Scott Builders and a great company. I love the people, you know, and I figured, okay, this is going to be good. Nope, fired. And, um, uh, and I don't blame them for <laughs> either. I don't blame them. It was probably the right decision on their part. Uh, but what it did to me personally as a human being, it was brutal because it wasn't the first time. Yeah. You know, I can't hold a job for shit. And, um, and admitting that is, is brutal. So ended up reaching out and from there, they, they laid out the map for me of who to call at veterans affairs, get a case file going, et cetera, et cetera. Now, uh, how did you get into the, into the system, John, for yourself? A friend. Yeah. Yep. And, and for the most part, that's what I have found is, is the majority of it is friends recommending, right? Hey. There's this guy you need to talk to. 
And that's exactly what happened to me was I, that's exactly how I got started. And I went and I talked to somebody who was on two tours before me and they hooked me up with an OSIS. And I talked to the guy and it was two hours of me just sitting there going, and just, and, and I wasn't angry. I was just like talking so fast and I could hardly breathe. Finally, Chad said, can you finally breathe now? <laughs> and, says, and you don't even know you're doing it. And he's okay. You need to go get help. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, what are you talking about? I'm just fine. Right. <laughs> and that's the classic thing you always hearing is no dude i got this i'm just fine that's how it started what, what does fine stand for again it's oh, an acronym hell. in it it is uh geez it's in fucked up in denial there's something 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 whatever it'll it, it'll come to us after we leave uh, <laughs> after we go uh, off air it'll pop up again but anyways yeah but that's what happened and it was and i tell you the the fear at that point in time because you know, I thought I had something to get to get checked out, right? But then all of a sudden when someone else says, dude, I recognize it. You're, you got flags all over the place. You need to go get checked out. And it was like, I went home and I sat in my room for four hours after that going like, oh my fucking God. Because you don't no want to be that guy because it feels you like you're, you're the MIR commando now. I let everybody down. I was Sorry, a failure. For, for, for our non-Canadian military listeners, MIR is the medical inspection room. So <laughs> yeah. if you get a boo-boo, you get to, you go to the MIR yeah. and uh, uh, and there's the people that would go to the MIR more than others and we call them the MIR commandos and that's just not the stigma that you want to you get. You don't want to have that because you, that's how you no. get out of work, right? Yeah, that's that's not that's not good. Uh, yeah. Nobody worth assault wanted to be labeled as an MIR commando. But that's exactly the bullshit mentality. So that's what that was keeps going from, through my head, right? Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way I can do this because I now I can't do my job. And because at the time I was in the Air Force, I was like, holy shit, they're going to take me off aircraft. This is bad thing, right? Because you can't be on cough syrup. And there were so many restrictions to work on airplanes. And I'm like, holy crap, they're going to freaking, they're going to ground me. They're going to ground me as a technician. I won't be able to, won't be able to work on aircraft anymore, right? And so like, I'm like, oh my God, my whole life is going to die. It's going to finish that, that there, that exact same thing is what, when I was the OSI guy, I'm trying to help all these people, eight out of 10 people will go up to the door, look at the door handle, break out in sweats and just walk away. So you're thinking about this, right? And in, in the people that came and saw me afterwards, I would have to literally hold their hand and walk them through that door. And you can feel their, you can feel the, the physiological changes on these people as they're going through that door. Dude, it's just a door. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's the stigma that's going to be attached to you afterwards that you fear so much. You, you feel like a loser. You shouldn't, but you, that's how you feel. And like picking up yeah. that phone the first time, John, I just stared at it. It was that goddamn phone weighed a thousand pounds. Like it was brutal. People, people walk in the door and they go straight to the bathroom because they are that scared they have to pee. Yeah. Mark, I'm not joking. I've it's, seen it on countless occasions. Well, it's just asking for help in general. And um, like when people go to the Veterans Food Bank, I interviewed quite a few of the uh, members of the food bank that, yeah. that, that, that rely on it. Mm -hmm. And so many of them, uh, I mean, some of them would come to the door and go away for months before yeah. they finally walk through the door and, yeah. and you can spot them because they're just deer in the headlights when they walk through the door, just, they don't want to be there. And that's 
the majority of the people. And, and, and that's asking for any kind of help. That is the next step. And literally, it's the next step. Walk through that door, taking that one single step is so hard. Your foot weighs so much because, because it's a change. Because you're, you're inside yourself, there's that mental change. You walk through this wall and nothing will ever be the same again, which is the farthest thing from the truth. Truly is. So in Canada, either call your Royal Canadian Legion and uh, you talk to a service officer, get the ball rolling that way. Yeah. Uh, they help you with the paperwork. If you are like John and I, we are easily overwhelmed by paperwork. And that's one of the symptoms that's quite common with OSIs. Oh my God. Is uh, it ever? It's just uh, administrative shit uh, kicks our ass. And I, I, it's like a flaming chainsaw. I avoid it, you know? Um, or Veterans Affairs. I mean, so, contact so, Veterans Affairs because those are the guys that approve the funding for that mental health assessment. Yeah. So you either call Veterans Affairs Canada. Um, uh, it's veterans.gc.ca is the website. Call the number, it's the 800 number on there and get the ball rolling and they will guide you bit by bit. Now, it's going to be a little overwhelming. It is. It is. Uh, there's so many programs, nobody knows what's what and they're changing all the time. Just start. And then part of the power of peer support, half the programs that are out there that we're accessing, we don't know about except through each other, mm -hmm. which is one of the great powerful things of peer support. Yeah. Uh, now for people that don't have a veterans affairs to go to, uh, or they've tried and been denied like in the States, mm -hmm. um, what do you suggest for those people? You know what? Honestly, look for a, look for a service oriented peer support group. You know, for us, we're going to go to military because that's what we know, right? The first responders, they, they're going to have specialized peer support groups that will have and know of the contacts of where to get that mental health support from. Um, a lot of places will have uh, paid for unionized, like unionized paid for services, right? I think CPS, if I'm not mistaken, I think CPS. That's Calgary Police Service. Yeah, Calgary Police Service. I think what they, through their union or their police, whatever it is, they pay for those things. So whatever, wherever you are, whatever your branch is, you can look, look for through your union or through a peer support group and they'll have the specifics for you. Okay. So for us, I mean, we, the first thing we do is we either go to Legion or to Veterans Affairs or Veterans Affairs or Legion, one of the two, neither order. So let, let's say there's somebody, cause I, I know we're going to have listeners that don't have yeah. the, the funds. They don't have Blue Cross. They don't have access through any organization to a therapist, right? right? Yeah. Uh, for one reason or another, uh, they do not have, um, uh, access to a therapist. And even, uh, with, with VAC, it took me, 10 months maybe to yeah. get into therapy yeah. and they had all the stopgap measures in between. Yeah. So how do you get through six months to a year of no therapist? So what we've done is, is I have done in the past is I let people know that I'm not the cure, but I can be here to help you for now with the full understanding. And it's almost like a verbal contract that I'm here to help. I can help you for now, but you have to help yourself get service. And that's what we do. We in, in our in our group, we have one person who actually falls under this whole category here, where the peer support thing is all he's got, because he's not part of our recognized allied nation, right? So we can take Americans in, we can do all kinds of British, no problem. But other people from other nations, they're not classified in that allied nation but, spectrum. Or I think it's under NATO. Under NATO, yeah. Um, don't fall under those services for for Veterans Affairs. So here we are. We do what we can. Right. And we provoke, we try to 
through through private organizations actually is where this other person gets other benefits. So they're not going to get them from a federally recognized agency, but they may get them through other um, um, uh, privately based military support agencies. These people can get support that way. Okay. And there are peer support groups popping up through all kinds of different um, uh, channels I keep seeing all the time. Yeah. Now, the concern John and I have is who's running them and how are they being run? Yeah. You know, but at the end of the, because you don't want to do more harm than good, you know, um, but uh, being in a group of people that get it is powerful. Yeah. And so find yourself a peer support group whether it's uh, through OSIS, um, whatever the modality is, and do healthy coping. Yeah, Mark, you know what? I, I do have to say you, again, I, I'm going to reiterate the, the, the amount of homework you need to do first. Like to check it out is because the, we work very well because we're, we're monitored, essentially. Okay, we, essentially what we do is we make sure that we do no harm and we, we fall within that spectrum of confidentiality and all those kinds of things. And it's, we have, and I have seen other places where peer support groups pop up grassroots orientated. And what ends up happening is they end up walling themselves up and becoming more of a problem than a cure. Well, so that's the, the warning I have to put out there. I'm uh, at the end of this month, I'm taking my mental health first aid course in Merrick, okay. BC. It's okay. put on by the, uh, by my regimental association. Right. And so I'll be there for that and it'll be interesting. I'll do a show after that and, yeah. and uh, see how I, you know, if that's a great course as a peer support person. I mean, all these courses are great yeah. and, uh, and we, we need more and more of them, more access to them. It's, it's, it's a wonderful resource. Knowledge so, and awareness is the key, Mark. Knowledge and awareness is, is the key. But um, as far as helping yourself and, and coping, just don't drink. Um, it might be temporary relief. It might be the only way you can get to sleep, the only way you can avoid the nightmares. I get that. I know that. I know several people that have, it only makes it worse. If you drink to medicate, it is putting gas on a flame. It doesn't work long-term. It, it, yeah. you're, you're losing sight of long-term. There is no healing. Yeah, it is death spiral bad if you drink to medicate. It just slows the pain down and prolongs it, Mark. So let's talk about some healthy coping. Um, and I know the last thing when you're in a, in a PTSD-induced depression, the last thing you can do is to get out and go to the gym. Mm -hmm. So find something you can do. Be as active as you can. If you hole up in your house, that's bad. That is bad. Uh, find some safe place to to socialize. Um, you've got to you've got to be talking with some other people. And if that's a peer group of two or three, fine. And you don't have to be talking about trauma or yeah. your 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 story. It, it talk about the weather. Talk about motorcycles. Talk about whatever it is that interests you. Social connections really does a lot of really positive things for you because it's a social connection that will drag you out of the house to go to the gym. It's the social connection will take yeah. you out to the to the theater to to do things it's that you need that social connection is key um because first responders police service and anything in the serving area it's it's a it's a very socially connected structured thing right it really a good place and and so here we are 
if you're if you're in a service, you know, in the military for us, it, it's very structured and very. And we, how many people do we see in a day when we're serving in uniform, right? And then all of a sudden, we get this PTSD or this OSI, and then all of a sudden now we're by ourselves, we're all alone. So, the biggest thing to do for yourself to help is that social networking, Mark. It is, and um, volunteerism with a sense of purpose. So that's going to be our next episode. We'll be yeah. talking about the power. Let's of purpose. do that. Um, yeah, power so and purpose for sure. I, I said in group a year or so ago, uh, something to the tune of a man needs a project. Yeah. I'm sorry for all our sisters out there, uh, but a person needs a project. So what I didn't realize until a year later is I only had it half right. You do yeah. need a project, but it's the purpose behind the project that yeah. really gets you going. Yeah. So people need a sense of purpose, whether it's rebuilding a vehicle in, in the garage, uh, some sort of project that, that you enjoy that gives you a sense of purpose and accomplishment. Um, in Calgary, people volunteer at the Calgary uh, Veterans Association Food Bank. Fantastic. Uh, there's, um, w wherever it gives you a sense of purpose, go volunteer there. Yeah. Volunteer walking dogs at, uh, at the shelter. That, that's a fantastic one. Volunteer mucking out stalls at, uh, at a horse rescue place. Uh, yeah. just keep yourself busy, but with a sense of purpose and contribution that, that works for you. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be the next episode yeah. for sure. It's and for, for me, it's the volunteering, doing this, doing these things here, you know, the radio, your radio shows, the, doing the, doing the meetings for me, that's the purpose because I, I read about it. I learn about it. And then it, and I, I analyze my own, my own, the people I'm, I'm working with and myself. And I, and I make sure that I paint myself with the same brush as the people I'm serving and helping. And I, and I don't see myself ever as better or worse. I just like, could peer support supposed to be one-on-one, -on -one, equal footing, same playing field, right? Yeah, there's no rank. There's no rank, right? And it's not, I'm better than you. There's no, no such thing as a pissing contest. I don't care. Yeah, if you're the type what, of douchebag where uh, you've got 35 years of service and dude's got six years in the, in the reserves and you think that you're yeah. superior, you're a douche. You're a douche. Exactly. You're, you're not ready for help yet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so that's, that's my purpose. My purpose is the veterans. My purpose is getting this message out. My purpose is helping other people. And that's, that's how I help myself. It really is because when I did fall, that was the thing that kept me going, Mark. It was when I, when I lost my job, when I, when I, I couldn't make my mortgage payments on my house anymore and all these other things that started happening and everything else. It was doing the peer support that saved my ass because it was a power of purpose. That's the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo and please share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> but seriously, share, because it's a good idea, and it helps people. <laughs> Leave some comments. Let me know what you think. Cheers. At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making peer support for post-traumatic stress disorder easily accessible, with a vision of a world where finding help and support is simple and the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo.
the Trauma Recovery Podcast. 